This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday, end of September. Guys, bow season opens here on Sunday afternoon. And boy, are we fired up. We have my good buddy, Andrew Hutchins from Northwest Michigan on here today. Andy owns a 50-acre farm up north in northern Michigan. And we talk about his farm, the habitat projects he's done in the past, the background, how they got in that area. A um, little bit of APR talk, future habitat projects, projects he's done, including food plotting, um, logging, etc. We talk about Doug's downburst cedar. Andy was nice enough to get together with Doug and do some test planting this year with the downburst cedar. Uh, we talk about his goals for this year, saddle hunting on public land and being mobile. We talk about setting farms up for kids, you know, how to be beneficial and keep a kid entertained. Um, you know, and get them into get them into hunting. That's important to, to me a ton and to Andy as well. So, guys, great podcast from Andy up in Northern Michigan, and uh, just we're just firing up for deer season. It's almost here, and this is a great kind of BS session. Chad, uh, catching up with my good buddy up there in, in Northern Michigan. Thank you for coming back, and we appreciate you guys listening. Guys, I mentioned Downburst Cedars. So, Doug at Downburst Cedars is offering a $180 Exodus cellular camera, cell cam, the rival, to one lucky winner. What do you have to do to participate? You have to fill out the survey in the show notes below. And as you hear in the podcast, 
there's only like 14 people, 15 people who've entered this competition. So your odds are very high to win the cellular camera. Um, we're just looking to help Doug get, you know, a good grip on the market, on what us food plotters and habitat managers want out of products. Um, so yeah, be honest, you know, if you take the the survey, take five, 10 minutes, watch the video that he made, you know, one, one or two minute YouTube video and, and, and take the survey. If you'd be so kind, you know, we have a great group of people who listen to this podcast and the exact people that, you know, he wants the feedback from to help him build a successful product that we all want to use. So that's the idea. We're going to give away a cellular camera for one lucky participant of the survey that is below. This will be our last chance to do the survey. We're going to give that camera away here in early October. Um, we did say before hunting season, but Exodus is a little bit behind on getting some cameras in. They're coming in, I think, next week. So they sold out and they have more coming in next week. So we're going to extend the survey just a little bit longer, give some more people some time to get in there and provide some feedback on the downburst cedar. So thank you very much for those who've done that. Really appreciate it. You know, um, Cody and Jared, you guys who've done that, really appreciate you guys doing the survey so far. Brian, uh, Sam, Al, really, really great for, for Doug to do this. And Doug, is, as you'll hear in the episode here, Doug is looking at ways to get some Vitalize to run through that thing. So what's cool about that is he's able to build the product himself and make changes himself. You know, he can be nimble in this in this product, in this this market and innovating it. So check him out, guys. Doug at Downburst Cedars. It's downburstcedars.com. And uh, we have a code below for those who want a discount on that product. And, um, you know, I do want to thank everybody who's coming back week after week. Everybody who's left us great reviews on uh, Apple iTunes. You know, I've sent out more decals this week. Um, five inch habitat podcast decals go to those who leave us great reviews on there and uh, just email me info at habitatpodcast.com with your address and I'll get them out. Now, I want to thank Vitalized Seed Company, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Packer Max Gulta Packers, Morse Nursery, Acres.com, and United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Guys, I want to talk to you about Acres.com. Acres.com is a partner of the show here at Habitat Podcast, and they have an awesome, very useful website for landowners and land enthusiasts out there, or even people in the land market. So it's a great guide for landowners and buyers. There's a free version. All you have to do is sign up at acres.com. It's a research platform that puts you in easy access to listings, sold data, and insights, 10 different layers of insights, um, you know, crop history, aerial imagery, uh, floodplain, soil types, um, vegetation, all these items are on there. So what it helps me do is reveal things that I can't see if I'm not on the property there. Historic land use, potential risks, maybe. You know, know your regional land market with this program and just evaluate land like you're a professional. I've been using it a lot lately to generate reports on certain parcels I'm interested in purchasing. There's a, there's a way you can generate like an 11-page report that shows you everything you need to know about that parcel. So when you go out and walk it, you have sometimes more information than the realtor. There's also a premium membership at acres.com. You can compare listings, sold listings, um, property owner lookup, look up the tax ID, parcel numbers, everything you need to know. And again, with these reports, 
I love generating these reports from makers.com to help me become a smarter buyer, a better land enthusiast, or even if you're in the market, a land professional. Guys, check out acres.com. Let them know Habitat Podcast sent you. Sign up for free today and start exploring one of the best land use websites that I've worked with. Yeah, good to see your face, dude. Yeah, you too, brother. How you been? Good. Good. Yeah, like you said, uh, season's four days out, three days out when this goes out tomorrow. So are you uh, are you ready? Good. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say ready. I'm not not ready, but I'm I could be more ready for sure. But that's like a common trend with me over the last couple of years, it seems. Um, I've been focusing hard on trying to find, you know, a new piece of property down by me this year and uh, still working on that. But it's kind of taken some of the focus off some of the prep I'd normally be doing on the 15 um, and whatnot. But I did just get a text from the guy who bought the 15 acres with two giants. Dude, that's that's got to be awesome and terrible all at the same time. Uh, Yes. And Tom, if you're listening, congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, it's um. I'll send you a pic right now, but how you been, buddy? I've been good, man. I've been good. I've been, uh, work's been busy, but I've been trying to get stuff, you know, strapped away so that I can uh, kind of be off as much as possible the next three months. And it must be nice. How do you convince your boss to do that? Oh, well, I... <laughs> oh, wait. well, oh, wait, you are as you boss. know, as, as you know, I work for myself. So that's uh, one of the perks of, you know, I'll work, uh, <laughs> I'll work at 10 o'clock at night if I have to. <laughs> Uh, I fully understand that, but you know, that's, that's good. Um, what do you have left to, to do on your, on your list of preparations? Anything? You know, at home, I'm pretty good. Uh, I've done a stab into, you know, really trying some public this year. Uh, let my spot sit. Cause I, I, I just overhaunt it. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I have forever. So, uh, I'm, I've got some spots picked out and we'll see. I got a couple nice bucks that I've seen in person. We'll see if we can see them, uh, you know, after it's not you know when you see them all the time right so i'm I'm hoping i got i got high hopes for a good Good. year good yeah i know you've been successful in the past and and we'll get into that let's let's first start this off with you know who you are where you're from your background how you got into hunting and habitat um etc uh yeah so my name's andrew hutchins i'm from uh traverse city michigan I've got my wife, Tana, of 10 plus years. I don't know why she puts up with me, but she does. And I got two little kids, uh, Shane and Reagan. They're both uh, seven and four. Um, I run a small little electrical business up here, uh, mainly residential. And uh, I've been hunting since I was, shoot, I think I was going in the blind when I was like 10 with the old man and then started when I was 14. And I didn't really get into bow hunting until I was like 16 with some buddies and once I got into that, you know, kind of a little bit of everything. I started out as a traditional, you know, go out on November 15th, sit in front of a giant pile of apples and wait for that first spike to walk in kind of guy. And how hey. it changed over the years. Yeah. You and me both, man. Um, I, I fully get that. And you were, you're from, Tra- are you born and raised in Traverse City? Everything? Uh, Sutton's Bay, just north of Traverse. So, but yeah. I've been, you know, up here my whole life. My family's from the Lansing area, but they moved up here when I was like two. So I, I'm a. I'm a country boy from up here. Try to be anyway. Beautiful, beautiful area of the state, buddy. I mean, oh, we love it. We love it. We're very blessed. We've got uh, we've got our 50 acre farm just outside of town. Uh, then next to it is um, 180 acres of public. So we've got uh, we've got it. We've got it. We're very blessed. 
Yeah, it, interesting. Um, I want to ask you about about that. It seems like you have a lot of conservancy ground in that area. I was I was doing some bouncing around on on Onyx, and uh, as you know, my my grounds under conservation easement up north as well. What do you know about that? What have you learned about that? What pros and cons? You know, uh, it's been a it's been a struggle. Not a struggle. That's not the right word. But I've got you know you've got the conservancy property next door to me, which is you know awesome. I use it all the time. There's great hiking trails. There's all that. But then I got you know I've got the beautiful manicured food plots next door that. Man, everybody that gets on there, they really like that manicured food plot right next door. So, you know, it's it's got its trials and tribulations, that's for sure. But I've got a lot of cover around me, so that that helps. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, we're going to try to get together and do a little land planning coming up. And we'll yep. maybe be able to, to remedy some of those situations. But um, is there a lot of conservancy ground in that area? I mean, I know where I'm at, there's there's a lot of it all the way down towards you, you know? Yes, there's a there's a lot of conservancy ground around me. Um, basically, there's a, I don't know how many acres, but there's got to be 20 properties in Leelanau County that are uh, conservancy properties. Some of them open to hunting, some of them not. Some of them open to gun hunting, some of them not. Uh, most everything uh, that they have open is open for bow hunting. But there's a couple properties that I literally just learned by uh, talking with them the other day that are open for gun hunting, which you know changes up a lot of cool things. So sure. plus we've got the we've got the lake shore, the national lake shore. We've got the state, you know, federal property. There's there's plenty of places to hunt up here in northern Michigan. And when you say um, you know the the beautiful hiking trails and whatnot, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people that take their dogs and they walk through these properties all the time. Like they're not just properties that are unused by the general public. People take advantage of these for not just hunting, which is good and bad for us. But um, like it's not like there's just this like secret amount of land. Like it's getting used by humans. Oh, it's getting yeah. Absolutely. There's, I mean, it's, it's daily. I'm watching people walk it with their dogs and uh, their kids and all that. And that, I think that's, that's awesome. That is absolutely great. Uh, so, it, and it's kind of weird. It's almost like our, our deer get accustomed to it. I mean, they'll bed right off those trails. So it's, it's a good thing. Very, very cool. Very good thing. When do you think, I, I know we met um, this summer, we were on, my friends and I were on our adult camping trip up there near you yep. came down with your wife and met us and hung out all night and that was awesome man um we met through kevin at deer Hunt yes yep. yep um but when did you start getting into habitat management i know you said you have a, a 50 acre farm you said yeah so we've been doing food plots ever since uh you know baiting stop here in michigan um but it was you know it was back you know when we started it was you put a food plot in front of your one stand and that was the only stand you hunted and, you know, you walked in the same way every time and you watch that doe come out and look at you and then keep on going. And then you'd watch her come out right before dark and all that. So I, I got started getting into it then. We were farming full time then, too. So it was kind of a different situation of we shot a lot more deer than we do now. Um, so we've kind of changed that up. So I'd say probably like really hard into the uh, taking care of the farm for that, like eight years. Okay. Turned it into like just for deer. I mean, we've yeah, about eight years, I'd say. Okay. And what um let's let's go into the farm details a little bit. Tell us about you know kind of the shape, what it looks like, um, what what you used to farm, and then kind of how you guys hunt. Well, so it's it's just me and my brother that hunt the farm. Uh it's 50 acres. 
Uh, it's it's narrow and long, and it hunts. Uh, you know, we live up front on the front side, and then there's ag field back to it goes kind of up a hill to um, a big valley with a creek running through it. You know, swampy area down in there, a nice bedding area, and then goes back up to another ag field on there. So you know, like we hunt the back side of the ag, we hunt the front side of the ag, and we go into the middle once during the rut. That's about it. We stay out of the middle, let them try to stay in there. Uh, we had it logged three years ago so our popple regeneration had all the popple taken out all that popple regeneration has come back up and is eight ten feet tall we've got uh we took select cut the maple so that opened up the uh the forest part and we're getting a lot of nice rejuvenation now i haven't seen the buck show up yet but that's okay we're we're doing the work yeah no kidding and it I'm looking at the aerial here. It is cool. You have like a, I mean, you almost couldn't make a better travel corridor run right to the center of your farm. Yes. Yes. That's, I mean, uh, awesome. we've got the, the valleys that dive down in there or, or a big bottom down there. And the fact that you have it logged, I imagine that's where your deer bed. Yes. There. And then, I mean, across the street, if you look, uh, if you're looking at um, Onyx or that, that stuff across the street, there is all thick, thick bedding there along with the, you know, the neighbor to the South is all, thick and there and then to the north is the conservancy property but they also own on the other side of that road and that is as thick as it can possibly be so cover is not an issue for us by any means so what's your lowest hole in the bucket would you say uh mine is getting the deer to live on our property with on our actual property that would be you know probably the biggest uh, thing that we're working on now to try to do is uh, get the deer to actually stay with us rather than, you know, stay at the neighbors and come to us at the end. Sure. So, I mean, our, our spot will turn on really well about the third day of rifle season. Okay. After everybody's pushed them around and they come down and feel safe. Oh, okay. You got to dial then. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what did you guys used to farm in the egg fields there? So we do, we did corn. It's leased actually now to a farmer that does corn in, uh, in all, in both egg fields there, the top and the bottom. Oh, nice. Uh, we used we used to do fresh market vegetables. We had a farm market with a bakery down there. Uh, we did, you know, tomatoes, corn, all that, you know, all the fresh picked vegetable stuff. Wow. We did that for quite a while. And I uh, was just a little too early on the boom here in the uh, Traverse City region. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but no, I uh, enjoy my electrical work. So that, that does it for me. And I'd rather grow deer. Yeah. No kidding. Is there, um, is there a, a need for the vegetable farm? Are you guys bringing that back? coming up anytime uh, we're gonna bring some stuff back i think we're gonna do uh we're gonna do some stuff we didn't do anything this year uh it's mom kind of ran it all and she retired this year finally so we kind of just took a whole year off and uh we're gonna definitely do a big pumpkin patch a lot of stuff for the kids i want my kids to be involved in in farming i want them to know what hard work is you know and sure. as you know farming is hard work sure sure so all right, so you have this 50-acre farm, long and narrow. Um, looks like the the homestead would be on the east side, which is great for a westerly wind access, but it looks like you have a another access road up the back on the west side as well, which is cool. Yes, actually, to, to, that's um, without going through the middle of the swamp there, you've got to go all the way up that south, uh, south road there, and then that's how you access that backside. So access-wise, we've got some great ways of getting, uh, getting on the backside and getting... Um, in slipping in down into that valley when it's time for that 
but we've got access we've got now in that that valley how many acres do you think that whole your whole woodlot is do you know from the from the timbering you know i don't i would say it's probably well the field's eight so i bet you it's 16 to 20 yeah that'd be my down guess. In there. and it's uh i mean it's those both those hills you know you can't really tell by looking at it from up top but they're steep. They're both very steep. I mean, it's it's probably a good sixty foot drop down into that creek bottom there. Okay. Okay. And when you go into that that timber, how many trees do you did they take out in the select cut for the the maple and then the the all the aspen, which is what I'm doing up north too. Um, they took every 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 aspen they could get to. Some of it, you know, they obviously couldn't get to. So yeah. that top ridge on the would be the east side. That that was all pop or aspen, and they took all that out. And then the basically that backside is where all the maple was, and they did a forty percent reduction cut in there. Cool for that. All right, so, so in fact, I, actually, I should be getting pretty thick here in the next couple of years. Yes, yes. I think that's going to help a lot with with some of the deer betting on you versus on your neighbors. I mean, if your neighbor has better betting, you you might not ever be able to beat that, but you can definitely encourage it with what you've been doing so nice work so far thank you we're trying you bet man what future projects do you have coming up like what do you what do you need to fix besides the betting or what do you have planned in the future i know we didn't even mention you're a you're a vitalized seed dealer in there uh, yeah yeah actually i became a vitalized seed dealer this spring and uh we sold out which was a great uh great thing we did a little yeah. uh, giveaway gave away one bag but we uh we sold out of the rest so that was awesome um my goals are to, uh, I mean, honestly, amend our soil. Our soil has been, uh, the cornfields have been in corn for 30 plus years. So it's it's time for something to uh, to help those grounds, which Vitalize, I think, is our, 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 our plan. Yeah, I know you got some of that going. Um, how are your fall food plots looking these days? They're looking good. You're looking good. They're getting a lot of browse though, so they're uh, yeah. they're looking they're looking rough in a couple spots, but it's not for lack of uh, growth. They uh, we bulldozed in a new plot uh, kind of down by the road oh a month ago and nice. got that right into vitalize. And you can drive by, you can see it from the road. You can drive by and you can see deer in it almost every every day. Cool. So they they like it. They're hungry and they like it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, getting into that that one-two system will help, you know, benefit your soil. You know all the drills with Vitalize. Everybody who listens to the show probably already is sick of hearing about it. But yeah, like they, we're gonna work on that soil and do some projects up there and try to um document over time, you know, the yep. improvement. And we're doing that in a lot of different places, but uh, you know, Al and I have already been able to see measurable results with with this with this system. So that's some of the toughest soil, though, that northern Michigan sandy soil, buddy, especially if sandy. it's been growing corn for 30 years. Yeah, sandy clay loam. Sandy clay loam. That's what we've got. But we've uh, we've been able to we've been able to do OK. It's good for growing. We want to do better. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Um, any any mock scrapes and, and tree stand setups already set up this year? How are you looking on that? Yeah, so I've got, uh, you know, we've got a few stands around the. Uh, around the farm that are permanent stands that, you know, okay. some ladder stands. And then we've got mock scrapes in front of all those. Uh, we just started actually um, putting some of Kevin's DH3 on that stuff. Nice. So, uh, and we're already seeing, you know, giant booner spike horns on it, loving the heck out of it. So I'm sure as soon as my big boys show up, they'll be right on it as well. Now you mentioned you're, you're getting into, into saddle hunting when we talked um, earlier this week. Now I know, me included, 
we have spots that are may you know maybe not our, our go-to number one spot so we kind of let lie um let the pressure from everywhere else kind of bump the deer in there early season or maybe on on the crummy weather days you're doing that with your farm i imagine with all that public around there um yes how's that how's it going with your journey into public land and and saddle hunting Ah, uh, it's <laughs> it's a whole different ball game i know that i've i've fallen in love with the process of like i mean i've been going out i found a really really good deer on public i mean okay. i think i sent it to you like a good 160 150 big big deer and i got obsessed and i've been going out and looking for him every night i've been putting the boots on the ground and that's been fun. I've really enjoyed that. Now, do I know if I'm going to kill something out of that? Probably not, but I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to let my, you know, my, my goal for this fall is I'm going to our, or all of October until something really gives me a reason to hunt our place. I'm going to stay out of there and I'm going to go bounce around and uh, I'm going to go hang out of a tree and just look as goofy as I possibly can. Cause I'm, I know I'm not uh, very, uh, how, how would you put it, you know, graceful climbing up into that saddle and getting set up. So it's a learning curve, but I enjoy it. Yeah. And and I guess I'd, I'd urge listeners as well. I mean, this is very timely information. Um, shoot, opening day, like we said, in a couple of days, it's like a southeast wind. It's going to be like 70 something degrees. Now, I want to go after these bucks as well that I've been seeing, but it's like uh, we're, my my friend and I who's getting into he's brand new to bow hunting. I'm, we got this, this, I call it the dough spot that I have that I that I lease it's 40 acres all farm field I keep that spot literally to for days like that to burn whatever days you know scratch the itch bring the kids out we still see a bunch of deer there's a bunch of deer there we don't see any bucks usually or, or very big bucks but um it's good to have those sort of backup spots or or burner spots whatever you want to call them where you can get out you know get off the couch you know get out there and and hunt so yeah that that big boy that you sent me I don't I don't know enough about the area or the the property to shed any light on that quite yet, but he looks really nice, um, real nice for Northern Michigan. Oh, he was <laughs> my wife. Eh? We were out. We were out. We had the whole family out. We were out riding around looking for uh, looking for deer, and she says big buck. And you know, when she says big buck, I just think, okay, it's a it's got horns. Well, I turned to the right and looked, and I was like, oh my god, that is a big buck. <laughs> so we stopped and got some photos. I mean, it, he was a good three hundred yards away. And you could still see just plain as day these ginormous antlers sticking up. So it, uh, yeah, it, let's put it this way: I'm addicted now. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah. So when you're going after these these public land areas, these areas outside of your your habitat project farm, um, what are you looking for? What are you focusing on in that area of the country? Transition. I'm, you know, I'm looking for that, you know, swamp to field edge or, you know, pine to, you know, uh, hardwood forest or any, you know, some sort of just something, some reason why they're going to be there. Like, why are they, you know, skirting this edge? Uh, and, you know, this time of year, acorns and, uh, you know, fruit trees. But I don't know about you guys. There's acorns everywhere this year up here. So it's uh, I don't know how you can pin them down. That's what I've been hearing. Um, I've not been up north to to scout where we're going on our um on our boat camp or whatever. And I know my property up north does not have any oaks on it. So I don't there's mostly maple forest up there. Um, but I heard up in the northeastern lower there's so many acorns. So that should be uh challenging, I'd assume. Yes, yes. Would you I rather have so. more acorns, like a bumper year or none? 
You know, honestly, I don't know because I've, you know, this is really the first year of me going after this, you know, trying to stay out of my place and I don't have any oaks on the farm, you know, it's maples and aspen and that. So I, I really don't know. I, we're going to find out. Yeah, I'd agree. I think the transition is is key there. Um, getting close to any sort of clear cut or, or swamp or both, if you can. That's kind of what I'm going to focus on. Um, and just past history. If you if you see a deer from the road, you know where he's at. That's a pretty darn good starting point. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about doing a little because uh, you know we can shine here in Michigan. I've been thinking about going out and doing a little. You know, we always take the kids out shining, and we just we just look for deer. Well, why not put that to hey. I saw this deer here tonight. He should be in the general area in the morning. Let's go back out and try that. So that's something I'm going to try a little bit. Yeah, or like even take it a step further. Um, you know, where where are you seeing him? What time are you seeing him? Is it just after dark? You know, is it three hours after dark? How far has he traveled from his bed at that time? And where is he going? And maybe, yeah, to put the puzzle pieces together. Um, do you know what the laws are in Michigan on shining? I can't recall. Say it's 10 o'clock. It ends either 10 or 11. You can shine till 10 or 11. And it's got to okay. be done by November 1st is like the last or October 31st is the last day you can do it. Okay, so, so you can shine in October. Yes, yes, you can shine in October. Last I knew. I haven't checked. I haven't done it in a few years, but last I knew. So I probably better look at the book before I go out and start shining deer. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to look that up right now. Um What what gear are you running for your saddle stuff? I'm running all latitude. latitude. Everything from the sticks to the method 2 to the Rebel platform. Okay. Everything everything out of Michigan. Yeah, I've been trying to get um their their Rebel platform. Uh it's about two to three weeks behind right now. I just ordered the sticks. I have the method too. So I'm a little bit behind you, but I I have some B sticks to work on in the meantime and, and an old platform. So just kind of figured out the best, most efficient way to do this over time. Um, I was really fine with my my hunting bee sticks. They're awesome. Um, and Latitude came out with these new carbon speed sticks. And I saw them at a show and they're super light and awesome and then my buddy brought them over he brought four of them over all stacked up tied up nice ready to hunt and we set them on the table next to my sticks and i'm like oh my gosh it's like half half as tall so i'm gonna i feel really safe on the b6 which i really like but um i'm gonna venture and try these carbon speed sticks too i i like them i've got you know i've got some muddy sticks i've got some hawk sticks i got some you know some of the lower end stuff and yeah. what a difference going to from those to those uh those latitude sticks, just how they, they just grab that tree and they just, they're there. They're easy to climb. I mean, I'm a bigger guy, so they're easy for me to get up into. And I've been happy with them. I've been taking on, you know, all my cameras, I've been using two sticks and getting up just so that I can get my cameras a little higher. I'm not putting my stick or cameras that high, but I'm, you know, I've been playing around so that I don't look too, uh, too dumb when I go out on Sunday. Hopefully no one's got a trail cam and cell cam going that they can see me or something like that. No, get out of here. Are you filming any of your hunts or anything? No, no, I don't. I, I will film like I will take some photos and stuff out of the tree. I'll take some, you know, I'll film stuff I'm not going to shoot. But no, I'm, I I wanted two years ago and then I thought, you know, I'm really going to kill myself or be mad at myself if I miss a big one because I'm trying to get it on camera. So before and after, that's me. And, and what um what backpack or pack and gear are you using to pack this sort of equipment in it's always been kind of a, a a topic that i've wanted to find the best way to do it i have a pretty good system but i don't know if i found the best way but i have that uh sitka tool tool bucket i think it is yeah so i can strap i can strap all four sticks to the bottom very easily and um or i can do two on either side and it seems to work all right it's not it's not 
perfect, but it, it gets me through. I have now I'm still looking for the perfect pack as well. Yeah, that's that's what I currently use as well. Um, it's the best that I've found so far. Um, somehow I can get my camera arm and base and camera in there too. I don't really know how I do that, but it's packed pretty tight. Bye bye. Have you ever been overwhelmed by the hundreds of food plot seed mixes out there? Well, you are not alone. And Vitalize Seed has developed a seed program that takes the guesswork out of food plotting. Vitalize Seed has two core mixes, the Nitro Boost and Carbon Load, to keep it simple. Nitro Boost is their spring-summer food plot mix, and Carbon Load is the fall plot mix, each having a diverse mix of over a dozen different seed types that are highly attractive to whitetail. Food plotting made simple, but it gets even better. Each mix provides necessary nutrients to the soil, making for better plots each season and saving you money by needing less Roundup and less fertilizer each season. The 1-2 system simplifies your food plots just how nature intended. Vitalize Seed. Make biology work for you. Order now at VitalizeSeed.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So moving along, I have a couple questions. You were very helpful this this summer and fall by helping our friend Doug at Downburst Cedars get some food plots in the ground. He's like, Jared, I want to I want to bring a downburst cedar down and plant with you. I'm like, well, Doug, I don't have a place to plant anymore because I sold my 15. And um, yeah, the, the other the lease is all corn. So I was curious and you were kind enough to to step up and meet with Doug and and plant some seeds. I kind of want to hear about how that day went and, um, you know, what your thoughts were on the whole process. Let's start at the beginning and kind of tell the story how that day went. Uh, Well, that day was great. Uh, Doug and I met down at my in-laws in Cadillac uh, and put a couple plots in down there. Um, You know, I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was skeptical at first. I was like, this, you know, this is a pretty expensive cedar for, you know, I can just throw my, uh, you know, hand spread around and go do the same thing. Well, that's, that's totally not the case. Uh, once I, once I got there and Doug was showing me, you know, when we, we calibrated it right there, which I think, you know, you did with him up there and yeah, it, it blew my, it blew my mind how close it was. I mean, being the Doug's an engineer, I, I totally get it too, where, you know, me, I'll just be like, ah, let's put a little more fertilizer and a little more seed on. That'll be better. More is better. Right. But he's got it down in those plots. I are absolutely amazing. They nice. are coming in. They are coming in great. So yeah, Doug's product is awesome. Um, just the way that you can, you know, you just, it's, it's basically, you know, 
throw it in, get it calibrated, run it down through, lift it up, turn around, go back, do the same thing. And you just keep going. It's, it's great. Yeah. And I think the, you know, a lot of people will, will just add extra seed into the hopper and just spread it out. Right. It doesn't matter to be calibrated that close, but if you ever planted Nebraska's too much per acre, um, you know, as everybody knows, they, they compete with each other and kind of stunt themselves. Um, and if you're doing, you know, three, four or five acres, that could be a, a cost savings or even if you're doing those hard to reach areas it's nice to have a precision cedar back in those areas and the fact you can put it like on a four-wheeler or a side-by-side and get back into those spots where you're not getting a you know a tractor and a cedar or something like that where you're going to get that precision i was really impressed with it yeah no and um let's see some pictures of those those plots what did you guys end up planting that day do you recall wow we did some uh, clover and i want to say some chicory Okay, I think that's what we put in. Whatever Doug brought, Doug was Doug was in charge of all of it that day. But yeah, I, I want to get him back over again here at some point and do some more stuff at my place. And, you know, maybe yeah. have some people over to check it out and you know push that product because it's a great product. Yeah, it's definitely high quality and and not too cumbersome to throw in the back of your truck. Now, would you say it took you a lot of time to calibrate and get planting? A little time, the average amount of time compared to what you were normally doing in the past. Oh, I would say a little bit of time compared to like, you know, when we had to calibrate the, you know, the equipment back when we were planting corn and all that stuff. So I would say absolutely fast. I mean, I want to say five, 10 minutes. Doug had that thing. I mean, obviously, you know, he pulled it out. We, you know, shot it into the thing, turned it back on and there you go. This is the exact rate you need. Wow. And how, how big of an area were you guys planting? Do you recall? We did uh, two one acre plots. Oh, wow. So fairly, fairly large. Yeah, fairly large. Yep. Well, I know we've um, been helping Doug get this product off the ground. There's a few listeners that have purchased this product and been enjoying it so far. Um, but we are doing a survey for everybody who's listening. If you want a, a chance to win a brand new Exodus rival cellular camera, fill out the survey in the show notes below the comment, or I'm sorry, yeah, the show notes below the episode. There's a link for a survey. It takes five, six minutes. And we only have like, 15 people in the drawing. So, I mean, if you want a pretty good chance of winning a almost a $200 sell your camera, check that out. And what, why I'm saying that is because we're trying to help Doug, you know, get to where he needs to be on this product. Yeah, some guys have said it's priced too high. We get that. Just grab the bag seater, which is cheap. Um, you know, some other people are just, they want to be able to plant Vitalize, to be honest with you. Yeah. Or, or any any different larger seed mixes, diverse mixes larger seeds so what's cool about doug is he's like all right i'll figure it out i'm like what he's like yeah i'm just gonna work on it and, and make it happen i'll just i'll change this i'll fix that and and it's not he makes it sound easy i know it's not because like you said he's an engineer and just yep. watching the way his brain works and and that stuff i'm sure he's gonna get to something where we can plant vitalize you can plant big grains and and everything else because then i think he's not limited to that smaller seed type which may be yeah through the survey, some of the info people are saying is they want to be able to plant some diverse mixes. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he gets that thing ready for vitalize, all the second he has that, I'll own one of those bad boys. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Same because <laughs> he's like, you know, are you gonna be planting anything else besides vitalize? I'm like, yeah, not really. Why not? <laughs> not really. So, um, yeah. And we yeah, have you've only got 15 people in on that Exodus thing. They need to uh, sign up because that is not only is it a $200 cell cam. It's probably the best $200 cell cam. I, I've purchased six of them this spring so far, and I they are great. I waited too long. I'm behind the eight ball. I got five coming. Um, 
so they should be here anytime. But yeah, they're uh, I mean they're they're renders. I've been running those like crazy. They're with this with the solar panel, leave it up all year round. Um, yep. But yeah, I just I would urge people if you if you want to help Doug out, help a fellow Northern Michigander um, entrepreneur out, you know, fill out that survey. Let them know what you think. Be honest, and uh, we'll have a most likely innovative product once again here pretty soon. So that's pretty yeah, once cool. that thing catches once that thing catches on, uh, he's gonna have a hard time keeping up. I think. I think so too. I think so too. Well, I appreciate you planting that stuff. We'll have to get some pictures up on uh, HP to see how. You know, the before and after. I know a lot of folks were getting drought in not exactly your area, but south of you, down, all the way down the west side of Michigan. We're getting drought. I know Lincoln over at Packer Max, he's, he's been having a drought. Uh, his plots still look better right now, though. But, um, yeah, I'd love to get some before and after stuff going. So, appreciate Absolutely. it. All right. Well, I want to hear of some of your past success stories. You know, you're hunting in this tougher area of Michigan. I don't know. You've had APRs for a while now, though. And I think that's probably pretty, pretty advantageous. What are your thoughts on those? I love them. I've, I've loved them since day one. I mean, it's, we have, uh, Leelanau County was, I think, one of the first to adopt the APRs. It was the first. I think so. I mean, so we, I mean, we've been in it for, for years. And then I'll send you, I'll send you some photos right now. These, uh, this is my business partner, but uh, he's got some absolute studs on camera over uh, oh, just down the road from me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty crazy. And that's, uh, but yeah, no, Um, I, like I said, I don't have a whole lot to live on our place, but I have a lot of, I, I always have an opportunity at a very good deer, it seems like. We have always have something that shows up on camera. Um the whole like habitat mainly it really started in 2015 going hardcore into it after i shot the, my biggest buck i've ever shot and it just changed me completely i shot a 148 point behind the house and uh there's where it changed from you know shooting the little ones oh man if i let them go i can shoot this look at that no kidding that was 2015 okay 2015 yeah the year my son was born all right tell me about that how'd that go down oh dude that's a story for that's a great story uh i start start at the beginning i want to hear it all right well i'd gotten done uh gotten done with work and uh it was was like oh november i want to say 11th or 12th somewhere in there was just before rifle was going to open a couple days and i was like you know i'm gonna go sit tonight it's a good night the wind's right the, the things are right i'm sitting in the tree stand and it starts sprinkling. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get down. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not a big rain guy, you know, not that it's me. I can sit in the rain. It's more of, I don't want to lose the deer. Well, I set the bow down or, you know, send the bow down with the rope. And I look up on the ridge and here comes this giant buck going across there. And I'm starting to not figure out what am I going to do here? Hit the grunt. I turned him on a dime and he comes down and we got a big apple tree right in front of the stand. He came down, got on his hinds and grabbed, apples with pulling apples off of the tree off of his hind leg standing oh it was a cool if i never even got to shoot him just that part i wish i could have got that on you know on video but then he walked down into the food plot i put a good shot on him i thought he ran up onto the ridge and i kind of watched him thought he was going to go down he didn't go down all of a sudden he walked down behind the apple tree and i lost and now at this point it's starting to rain pretty good wait how'd, so you, get like, your how'd you get your bow oh, back by, the i got the bow pulled back up while he was after i grunted and he started coming down I ripped it up real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Real fast. Got that up. So I got down to go look for him because it started raining and I was afraid about losing blood. And I get, I can't find any blood. I can't find anything. And I'm starting to freak out here. And I'm walking up the property line. There's one lone tree in the property line. And I'm like, I don't know, 20 feet from it. And just out of the corner of my eye, I catch something. Well, here he is laying down 
underneath that tree. So I, I stick another arrow in him. He gets up. And at this point, I'm, I'm so flustered. I don't know what's going on. He's, uh, he's going towards the valley. And I'm, I'm literally at this point, I'm walking with him because he's, he's hurt. He's about to die, but he's, I'm walking with him. I pull, get another arrow loaded, hit him. And of course, he's got to run to the bottom of the hill. Well, at that point, you know, he, he had died and that was the, that was the crazy story on that one, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And I, you know, so I'm, I think I got the phone out and I'm calling my brother to come, you know, Hey, I got him. I got him. Cause I'd watch this deer grow all season. This was the first year that I'd ever, you know, I got him as nubs all the way up to where he, uh, let me see if I can get a picture over to you so you can see him. But yeah, uh, I think I was screaming into the phone. Hey, I got him. I got him. I got him. And how'd you get him, uh, out of that Valley? Lots of good friends of mine. <laughs> I called in. I called in favors. <laughs> oh, I bet 140 inch A point is a good A point anywhere, let alone northern Michigan, buddy. Yeah, it was. Uh, and that picture you just sent me looks like that. another 140 inch A point. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice one. Jeez. But yeah, so yeah, that's what got me started, and I was, of course, my wife was out of town when that happened. So you know, she's she's pretty much in this for everything with me, other than cool. she's doesn't like to pull the trigger, which works in my favor a lot. <laughs> sure. Now it's good to have a supportive uh partner that's for darn sure now what do you think attributed to that deer getting you know that big up in that area or or what do you think helps in your area up there i think between the um oh being able to not you know stay hidden and uh i you know honestly i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't really know i mean there's always a few we've got some good genetics around uh we've also got you know some farmers around you know that are pretty close that like to shoot about everything that moves Okay. So it's kind of one of those deals, but yeah, I think just he, uh, he knew where to hide and he knew where to eat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Um, it's not, I guess it's not cool that we all have those farmers nearby that, that hammer the deer. I understand from their perspective too, cause it's their money getting hammered. Um, but like, we all seem to be dealing with that pressure is what I'm trying to say. Right. We all seem to have some of that pressure in Michigan. I don't care where you are. Um, what, and the, it's, what's weird about your area, there's so many apple trees, you know, I'm not sure what that does for nutritional value compared to anything else, but man, it's gotta be a, a level of attraction that, that will get those bucks pulled in somewhere where maybe they wouldn't normally go. I mean, it's insane how many apple trees are up in Northern Michigan, especially in your area. Yeah. And actually to the South of us there, that the part where my neighbors, where there's the good bedding and everything over there, that's actually an old abandoned apple orchard that's been all grown up and over. And so there's still, you know it's an old honey crisp uh, orchard that oh my is, uh, I mean, it's still producing, you know, not as many apples as it was, but you know, the deer can live and right in there. Eat. We've got water right there. They don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. But I think that has a lot to do with it. Well, that's interesting. Cause those two bucks that I mentioned that um, the new owner of the 15 cent over they're right by like some of the very first apple trees that I planted on that property with my daughters and uh, they're, and those apples were producing this year for sure. Um, again, I don't have any on, on the northern 70 of some right in the back corner but i need like a an orchard I need to build an orchard so that'll be coming up soon i need to do a you know i need to do the same with an orchard but like more of a diverse orchard with some you know chestnuts and that kind of stuff in it i, I think pears and and that's yeah yeah what what's the average size of the deer that you guys are, are seeing and, and taking on your farm i'm sure the 148 is probably um on the higher end of of average i could be wrong but um yeah no i mean there's always some decent ones but i would say somewhere between like you know 100 to 120 inches somewhere in there 130 yeah. you know I'm, I'm trying to shoot something that's mature more than anything sure like there's a deadhead i found last year or this spring across the street in the swamp area there so you know it's kind of stuff similar to that 
friend. Okay. Of yeah. That's a good deadhead. Yeah. That's about what we have up north too, I'd say. Something like that. Um, so I guess what does that mean for your hunting plans this year then? If are you holding out for, you know, 100, 110, 120 inch deer? Are you trying to kill one on public? What are your main goals? I would love to kill a buck on public. And that my uh my criteria for that has gone a lot smaller than the well, you know, at home. Um Sure. I, I'm a, I'm not a, I'm not the guy that picks out a deer. I'm like, that's the deer I'm hunting. I'm more of an opportunist hunter. If, if I like it and it's a, you know, it's a mature deer or even just a good sized deer, that's, uh, that's the one I'm going to go after or, you know, if it walks in front of me. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way, especially on public. Um, I know if you shoot them, they can't get any bigger, but sometimes it's just about the experience, you know, and just having it all come together. Um, I think I'll probably even have, do- I'll have some does on the list for, first probably two weeks of season here i have no problem shooting a couple of those i know brian and those guys they've already been whacking does in pennsylvania i think this is the best time to shoot deer or shoot does i mean most guys i had had a guide one time in illinois tell me that why would you want to shoot your doe you know later on in season after it's been bred after that buck has spent you know two days or whatever with that deer you know that was two days he could have spent spreading another one and that could have been the monster and so i've really taken that to heart on if i'm going to shoot those i'm going to shoot them early gotcha so you're thinking at least at home early the doe being bred by the biggest mature buck in your area will make it through the year and have the baby and have the best on the yeah day. you have a better chance rather than you know let's just say he got bred or she got bred by that you know good bloodline and then you shoot her and that, now that bloodline could be gone you know if he gets shot the same you know then all of a sudden you're done yeah. So that's kind of how I've been going. It doesn't say that that's every time. <laughs> no, no worries. What's that buck in the snow you sent me? Which one's that? That's the one I shot last year uh, during the uh, third day of rifle season. Wow. That's a good buck. So that was one I never saw. I never had him on camera. I never saw him before. He just, he showed up and uh, I actually had my wife with me when I shot him. We've actually, I'll send you the video that she, she's got it. I'll send it to you later. She's got a, you know, the walk up recovery video. But of course she narrated and, you know, makes a little fun of me, but we won't, we won't say anything about that. Yeah, we definitely won't post that to the entire Habitat podcast <laughs> listenership. Sure. And what were you, were you hunting over a food source on that one or what were you hunting? That was over a food plot. Yeah. That were actually, that was a soybean field. That The big field uh, that's corn this year was soybeans last year that the farmer actually left all year. So I had, uh, Wow. had lots of deer all year yeah see that would be advantageous like if i could if i could do that leave a few acres of beans or even corn that would be pretty advantageous i know um do you recall if it's legal to mow corn down brush hog corn in michigan yeah i think so i, I, I mean too. i know i know I, I actually i know it is because i had talked to uh back when we had some corn that we had left standing about you know, what happens if a little bit, you know, what happens about, you know, we had, you know, we have some spillage out of the combine or something and the DNR said, well, that's agricultural spillage. So that's not considered a food plot. They're like, well, don't be going out and just dumping a whole grain bin of, uh, <laughs> of corn, but. Sure. I just see a lot of, a lot of hunting videos where if you can run over or mow down like a secluded food plot of corn inside of a standing cornfield, that seems to work fairly well. Um, I've never tried that. I don't never plant corn, but, um, I think that that could be advantageous. I know I try to get my farmer to leave some corn standing on this 40 acres I hunt just because if, if not, the deer can see me walking as soon as I hit the 35 acre field, you know, across it. So it could be used as a visual barrier too. Yeah. I did that one year, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, we did a U-shaped corn plot around the field there and then put a brassica plot in the middle of it. 
Yeah. I'd never had more deer. I had never had more deer in the breast plot than I'd had when I had that cover. So there's where I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really want to utilize screening from now on out for yeah. doing stuff like that. Nope. That's a good point. All right. Well, what did we miss buddy? I think we had everything on, on my list here. What else you got for me? That's it. Other than, I mean, I'm just, you know, what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to get the farm ready for my kids because as you, and I don't know, I know your, your kids love to go with you. I can't stop my, uh, my son from, uh, he wants to go every time and I only let him go if we go in the box blind. Cause as you know, kids are quiet for about 10 minutes. If that, if you can get 10 minutes out of them. Yes. And how old is your but son now? He's seven, he's awesome. seven, but he sat all opening day of rifle last year with me in the blind and we're from daylight to dark. Wow. Which I kept giving him every opportunity. You want to go in? You want to go in? Nope. I'm staying, Dad. I'm staying. Wow. So it was it was pretty cool. So I'm 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 getting into that. I, I like that. I'm I'm really enjoying having the, the family involved with it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think it uh <laughs> it may have affected some big buck success. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but um that's not what I'm all all about all the time. So a uh, good good point. You did have that on our list there. What are you First of all, what were the tips and tricks to get your seven-year-old to sit in a blind all day long? Oh, let's see. Comfy beanbag, a comfy beanbag chair in the redneck with heat, lots of uh, snacks, and uh, a piece of entertainment like an iPad. <laughs> yep. Yep. Typical. You know. That's what I do. Yep. That makes sense. Got to have the snacks. I always go to a gas station on the way to the hunt. Even we may have snacks at home. I let them go pick something out, you know. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, I try to not give them the iPad till like they can't stand it any longer. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> but on an all day hunt, that yeah, that'd be kind of tough because there could be some slow situations there. Um, so how are you setting up your farm then for your kids? Like, is there anything in particular you're doing that maybe the listeners would gain a tip or two from, or me, even me, on on what you're setting your farm up like for kids? For the younger ones, getting that. Uh getting that spot close to the house, getting it, you know, getting to where easy access, like the one I just literally the food plot, we just dozed in and put a, we ended up getting our banks blind and putting it up there. Nice. It's right behind the barn. You can, you can walk out the barn, walk around the corner and get in this blind where you're not, you know, some of the other ones, you got to go all the way across the farm and then up a fence row to get to where this, you just get in and they're used to the noise around there. That's cool. That's a good point with the noise. And then, you know, you know and then, Time after school, trying to get out and get them in the blind before it gets dark. Like there's not a lot of time between when school ends and when no. when it gets dark. If you can get a weekday hunting, I mean it doesn't always work. Yeah, and then we'll get the wife to come pick us up in the side by side so that uh, she can blow the deer out of there. So we're not blowing them out. Man, some of the advantages of living on the property. Oh, it's got it's 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 awesome, man. It's terrible at the same time because all you ever you're sitting at home. Well, I should just go sit in the blind. All right, I don't need to stay here. I can sit in the blind. What I would do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Any, anything else? Any other tips? I think the blinds are, are key parts. You mentioned screening. That's going to be a key part with, with the youngsters or with any of us. Um, any other tips on that? I just, you know, I think that I think, you know, it's a, it's a different ball game around us where, you know, there's a lot of, you know, with, there's a lot of activity going on. So I think our deer are a little bit less susceptible to the activity. So I think, I mean, I, know, I was listening to someone the other day talking about they will go walk around their farm every night to uh, just so the deer are used to it. So that when they're getting out of their stand, they're walking, you know, the deer are used to that happening. I don't know if that works or not. I've tried it, but we'll, uh, I got an e-bike this year. So we're going to try that a little bit as well. 
Did you? Nice, nice. What'd you end up getting? I got a Pedego. Okay. It's just a. It's a. It, it's just a regular e-bike, bad tire e-bike. It's not. It's not the primo. Well, still though, the advantage of those seem to be pretty advantageous. I haven't pulled the trigger on one yet, but I've been talking about it for like a year and a half. So I gotta get one. Heck yeah! Heck yeah! Well, cool, man. All I have left is our rapid fire segment. If you are ready, I'd appreciate it. Hit me. All right, Andy. Your favorite beverage? Oh, probably after the hunt, uh, Buffalo Trace, if I can find it. <laughs> Perfect. Some sort of whiskey. Yep. All right. What about your, uh, wait, how about Traverse City whiskey? Did you buy any that day? That's good. That, uh, yeah, that's good stuff too. Yep. I think I did. I, haven't had any <laughs> I drank some. I know that. <laughs> All my buddies were like, why don't we go do a whiskey tasting? We got too buzzed up after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, now your favorite venison or wild game recipe? Oh, uh, venison poppers. Venison poppers. How do you make those? So I'll take cream cheese, dice up jalapenos, and mix it in with the cream cheese. Take a backstrap and like just uh, slice it in half, put it in the middle, wrap it in bacon, and then cut it into little uh, strips and marinate it in Italian dressing and throw it on the grill. Yeah, nice. All right, that sounds very good. Um, fixed blade or mechanical broadheads these days? Uh, mechanical still. Which ones are you using? Uh, well, I just switched from Rage to uh, those Dead Meat uh, G5s. Okay. I'm going to give those a try this year. Yeah, I used to shoot the G5 uh, Dead Meats before that. They were T3s or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they're, they're, they're pretty nice. Um, do you use preset stands, blinds, or do you go mobile for the most part? Uh, it's probably, honestly, about all the same between blinds, presets, and at home, blinds and presets pretty much exclusively. And then the mobile when I'm not going to be at home. And not that I won't use the mobile at home, but. Sure. Um, food, water, or cover? What's the lowest hole in the bucket in your area? Probably, I, honestly, good food. You know, we have we have food, but, there, you know, we have cover. We have water. It's, you know, I've done water holes that don't get me anything. So mm-hmm. I know they have plenty of water. All right. Your favorite habitat tool or implement? My four-wheeler. Nice. My four-wheeler. And your favorite tree, last but not least? I like a pine tree like when I can cut it out so that I can put a stand in it, and, you know, be completely buried inside that. I love a pine tree for that. I couldn't agree more. You just disappear in those things. Oh, yeah. it's crazy. Well, awesome, man. I think you passed. I appreciate you coming on today and having a conversation with me. Had a great time with you and uh, hope to see you again soon. I want to give you a chance to plug where people can find you. Uh, your business, if you like, whatever you want to do. Oh, uh, yeah. You can find me on social media. Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram of Hutchie Outdoors. And then uh, Facebook is just Andrew Hutchins or Andy Hutchins. I'm not sure one of the two. And then uh, just, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. And if you're in northern Michigan and you need a vitalized seed dealer, you are the only one. So All right. Yeah, get a hold of me and we'll, we'll set you guys up with some of that great vitalized seed. Awesome, Andy. I appreciate you, buddy. Great catching up, and let's get together and do a hunt or something soon. Absolutely, buddy. Thank you very much for listening to the Habitat Podcast. Guys, we will be back with another great episode next week. I just want to say once again how grateful we are for the listenership we have and the the loyal listeners you guys have been and supporters of the podcast. For those of you who want to support further, we have free decals being sent out to those who leave us great reviews. Scroll down. Hit the link to leave a great review and then email me info at habitatpodcast.com. I'll get you a free five inch decal in the mail right away. Guys, I want to thank our sponsors, Vitalized Seed Company at vitalizedseed.com. 
Exodus Outdoor Gear, Packer Max Cultipackers, Morse Nursery, Acres.com, Downburst Cedars, First Light, United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers.